What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. How are you doing, well? Doing well, Steve. It is Tuesday here of uh, U.S. Thanksgiving week. I know you are going to be approaching your second Thanksgiving of the year, being the Canadian Thanksgiving and American Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, lucky me, right? Yeah, double dipping. Yeah, yeah. Just This one comes with a, a long car ride um, yeah. on both ways. Um, yeah, so, yeah, make sure you bring your stretchy pants for that one. Yeah, yeah, for real. For real, but it won't be too bad. I'm, I'm used to no. it. It's just long. Um, you know, actually, I, I listen to um, I listen to Spitballers a lot. Oh, um, I feel like I, I've heard, listened to it a few times, but like I do not, I don't listen to it too often. How often do they do it in season? So they're, I think it's the same all year round. It's, it's one new episode, which I, I want to say is Monday. And then uh, Thursday is like a, a best of, they combine a bunch of old segments. Um, gotcha. And so, it's probably fairly evergreen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's solid. It lasts a year or a year it's an hour <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, good. but because For an hour like ride. yeah i've listened to music where it's just the songs are three minutes and you know it makes time go by slower yeah uh, i've tried nah, books i do appreciate just, a good long hour long yeah, podcast for those rides yeah you know like a, we've done game of thrones and because it never ends it just it, it also doesn't make time go by by fast but like mm. the every hour something changing in the different segments i find makes time go by quicker um so that and like crime stuff um like unsolved things are usually like 45 minutes to an hour um, yeah that's good i mean i've got a, you know, obviously a lot of sports one so most of the sports teams that i follow have like a you know good recap or preview stuff uh, but then i also think that some like if there's any like shows that you're really into um that you like kind of digging into i know game of thrones does it house of dragon did it where they have some like recap shows um yeah, some of them yeah. are pretty good they can kind of break down some stuff maybe that you missed um and a lot of the ones for house of the dragon have been good they had like one person who's read the source material one person who hasn't so it hasn't been too like very spoilery but like you can also have like someone to kind of guide you as to what you should know without spoiling what you shouldn't know yet that's cool yeah that's good yeah so those are good ones but you know whether no matter the show that you watch but a lot of the big ips like that and the star wars shows marvel shows you know have different things yeah there's a lot out there you just gotta go find it right Mm -hmm. um but hey enough about that we got start sits to uh discuss today for week 12 well, yeah, you're here for our podcast, not the other podcast. Very true, very true. Um, <laughs> um, so let's jump right in. Um, quarterbacks, um, starting off with a, a three-option one. We don't do those too often. Uh, Matt Ryan versus the Steelers. Trevor Lawrence versus Baltimore. Or Andy Dalton at San Fran. I'm yeah, glad you're going one, first. Yeah, this one, I mean, on paper, yeah, it looks like matchup-wise, the Steelers are the best matchup for you know to go up against, but... That team with uh, with TJ Watt back, not necessarily the case. I they're playing really well defensively, at least. Um, I don't want any part of that. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence and just hope for upside. Baltimore's defense is also pretty good, um, but I think he's the most talented out of the three here. All going against what I think are going to be pretty good defenses going forward with San Francisco, Baltimore, and, and Steelers. All defenses that usually are pretty good too. So. Um, you know, have a little allure that way, but I'll take the upside of Lawrence. You know, I think he's got decent weapons around him. You have some good receivers there for Ryan and for Dalton. 
But I think if those teams are going to win, it's going to be because of their running game and you know supporting by the pass. Whereas the the running game is decent, um, but I think if you're going to win, you're going to win because you're passing the ball. And I think in in, in most of these, maybe not the Colts matchup, um, you're going to need to come back if you're the Saints or the um, or if you're Jacksonville against some pretty high powered offenses on the other side. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think they all have like decent floors. Like no one's going to go out and get you five points like, you know, golf could. Um, but and I just don't see the upside with Dalton and Ryan, especially in these matchups. And, and you know, Lawrence could get slaughtered, too, because like you said, they're, they're all good matchups. Um, but I'm, I'm going with him. I agree with you. I think the upside's there. All right. Next up here, just uh, two quarterbacks. We've got Tua. Tagovailoa versus the Texans and Dak Prescott versus the Giants. Yeah, uh, I I don't have any reason to bench Tua. He's been very good um, the the past three weeks. You know, practically thirty points and above. There's one that's twenty nine in there, but um, three touchdowns in each of those games. Uh, had a bye week last week, so they're fresh. Extra time to prep um, against Houston. So I'm firing that up. Nothing against Dak, but you know that Miami offense has been good, and Tua along with it. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, I think it may be a theme here for the next two. Dak you know, just hasn't been as good, I feel like, as we would have hoped coming out of the bye, or the injury. Uh, anyway, he's thrown a couple of interceptions, been a little careless with the ball. Um, he's done some touchdowns. Um, we haven't seen that blow up 300 yard game. Haven't really seen any rushing yards to note, you know, five for 34 one week. But other than that, hasn't had much on the ground and hasn't had a ton of receiving yards. So you're really banking on touchdowns and the running game's been pretty good. So I think he's not a bad play, but not a great play. Whereas, you know, I think Tua and the next guy we'll talk about are better plays here. So I'll take Tua in this matchup. Awesome. So we're aligned. Um, let's talk Dak one more time. Uh, Lamar Jackson at Jacksonville been struggling a little bit with his uh, weapons being hurt. Um, or Dak versus the Giants. Who do you want there? Yeah. Uh, once again, here, I'm going to go uh, you know, with Lamar. I think the upside's there. And, and what I talked about with Dak, not having the rushing stats, we're seeing that with Lamar. I mean, only 11 for 31 the last game, but he hasn't been below 40 um, any other game this year except for week one. So you're seeing the rushing totals there. You're seeing the rushing touchdowns come up as well. And he still has the ability to pass for 200 yards. I think it's maybe half of the year. He had a 300-yard game earlier as well. So you have that just pure upside play. And, and Jacksonville's a pretty good matchup for the quarterback. Um, but with him, it's you, know, you have that baseline. So I'll, I'll take him here. You know, I don't think either are bad plays, but I'll take Lamar. I uh, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite. Um, and, and when I first read it, I was leaning Lamar because I thought you know the lack of weapons was kind of exaggerated. Um, but did you know in our league, he has gone over twenty points one time in the last seven weeks. That and it was against Tampa of all teams. Yeah, he <laughs> um, hasn't had the passing yards. I mean, yeah, he's had a lot of weeks where he's been under two hundred passing yards. And yeah, that's really hurt him. and I was surprised. Meanwhile, Dak, you know, over twenty four three weeks in a row. Um, so I, I think I'm going to have to go with Dak. Definitely, you know, it's against Jacksonville. You know, everything you said 
So why yeah. does the market go off for 200 rushing yards? You know, yeah, it's, it's within his wheelhouse. But just looking at the, the past history, I, I can't pull a trigger. I'll go with that. Yeah, I think a lot of that was without Mark Andrews, too. And I think we're seeing him getting a little bit healthier. Snap count was getting up. And so we'll see. I think they're both solid plays. Um, but, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll still roll with Lamar here. I think he's due for a bounce back. But next up, moving on to running backs here. Got a half PPR option. Zeke versus the Giants. I believe he finally got himself into the end zone. And then Deonta Foreman versus the Broncos. Yeah, to, to me, this is floor versus upside. Um, Zeke's got a good floor. Uh, but as we saw last week, Foreman really doesn't. Um, but Foreman's been the one showing the upside this, this year. So I think... And they also announced Sam Darnold's going to be starting this week for uh, yeah, Panthers. Yeah, that is that. crazy. They've gone um, through so many quarterbacks. Yeah, it's been a mess. I think I'll go with Foreman. I mean, obviously, you know, when you when I'm saying upside floor, you look at your projections, see if you believe and you make a decision based off that. All things being equal, I'll take the moonshot on Foreman. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Foreman as well. I mean, Zeke also limited with a knee today at practice, or I'm sorry, yesterday, Monday at practice. Um, and, and they just, you know, if they're going to make a playoff run, they're going to want him healthy and you don't necessarily need him right now, the way Tony Pollard's running the ball. So I think that is kind of the issue for me. You know, Pollard seems to be the one a to Zeke's one B and it seems to be the opposite Foreman's kind of that one a, and, and you know, he's going to get the carries, uh, may not get the reception work, but I think that's also going to Pollard as well. Zeke's getting some catches, but not, um, not the amount that you're looking at, you know, he's had I think two catches in the past four weeks combined so not great um and I, I think you just know you're getting that guaranteed work there out of Foreman Denver is a very tough defense though so I think the the upside is definitely you know limited here for Foreman you're probably going to be banking on a touchdown and you know maybe get some yards but he hasn't had many catches himself either yeah very fair very fair um moving to another one PPR here Jeff Wilson versus Texans or Damian Pierce at Miami. Yeah, it's crazy to think both of these guys look like great plays, man. Jeff Wilson, the story for him has been unreal. Um, And I mean, usually you think the um, game script will be working in his favor versus Pierce, but the Texans have showed, Hey, we're going to run the ball. Even if we're losing, it doesn't matter. We are going through Damian Pierce. Um, now, last week, 10 carries, 8 yards, only 2 catches. Not what you want to see. Um, real quick, Will, before you down. decide, did you know Miami actually gives up the 12th fewest points to, to running backs? Which isn't top 10, but I think it's higher than I expected. Yeah, because, I mean, I think fantasy-wise, their defense hasn't been good. But I think they do have talent on the defense, and I think they're getting better as well. I think they've had some injuries, so... I it's definitely tough. I think I lean Wilson here just because I think the game script's going to work in his favor. Now there is still the chance that they, you know, go away from him. It's a Mostert day. You know, Damian Pierce had only 10 carries and that was the lowest count he's had all year. As crazy as that sounds, 10 carries. He's not had lower than that all season. He's been at 15 or more all but three games, including last week. So the volume is definitely there. Your guaranteed volume, you know, I don't 
think he hits four again. Washington defense seems to be heating up, but you know, I, I don't know that you're looking at you know the huge game blowout games too. So you're probably looking at somewhere in the twenty for a hundred. Maybe he gets a catch or two. Um, as like your upside, you know, gets in the end zone. Probably looking at maybe ten to fifteen upside versus you know single digits downside. I think I'm going to roll with uh, a shot on, on our boy Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. That, that's a shot I'm going to take too. Um, like you said, he could lose work to Mostert, but we haven't seen that since getting traded. So, <clears throat> you know, wouldn't it, you know, it, the opportunity is there, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah. For, right, bye week too for him. Yeah, exactly. And everything, you know, I said about two and the offense being good applies to Jeff Wilson. So, yeah, I, I'm taking that pretty confidently, I think. Yeah. So, uh, next up here. Last running back matchup, got DeAndre Swift versus the Bears. Michael Carter versus, I'm sorry, DeAndre Swift versus the Bills. Michael Carter versus the Bears. And that's a half PPR. Oh, this is a, um, this is a gross one. Yeah. I, I really don't want to start either. Um, I'll Who go with Michael thought, Carter. Man, be here with DeAndre Swift. I know. At this stage of the year. I know. It, you know, it's, it, it's just, you know, you look at the, the box score for fantasy and it's okay. But again, I said every week it's because he scored a touchdown. He had 20 rushing mm-hmm. yards, but he scored a touchdown. So I, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to take the matchup and I'll go Michael Carter, you know, Chicago, uh, an easy team to run against um, the bills, not elite, but they're not bad either. Um, so yeah, I, I'll go Michael Carter feels gross, but that's it. Yeah, it does. And the, I think what we're banking on for him is the catches and he's had a little bit down, you know, catch wise started the year pretty hot, 12 catches in two weeks, but he's only been above two catches one time since then, since week two, which is kind of crazy. I think the idea was he was going to be more the receiving down guy. You're going to get the targets and catches here. Um, but he does get the work. I mean, you know, he's kind of hovering around that 10 yards average or 10 carries average. Um, and you know, this most recent week, only two points against a pretty good new England defense. I think you're probably looking at more in that, you know, 10 to 15 range from like a total opportunities with your targets and carries together, probably somewhere in the 50 to 70 yards and hoping that he can get in the end zone. I think, you know, if you want, you know, upside, guess you can take a shot on swift he's probably the one that's going to have a chance to get you multiple touchdowns and big plays carter's probably a little safer uh, i think i'd be you know pretty confident he's going to get me close to double digits and you know maybe pushes into the 15 range if he can get in the end zone wonderful uh that wraps up the running backs here will moving on to wide receivers uh, staying in the world of PPR, we got Juju versus the Rams. Josh Palmer at Arizona, so assuming Juju plays. Yeah, Juju coming back off of the injury. Um, I mean, you could take the shot on him because they definitely were using him, scheming him up. I don't think I can go away from Josh Palmer right now, especially with the uh, injury to Mike Williams. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, but he's been over... 10 catches, 10 catches for 106 yards, identical uh, receiving lines, eight, or, sorry, 10 targets, eight catches, 106 yards, two of three weeks. Um, bonus this week was he got in the end zone twice. So and he only had one touchdown coming into this most recent week 11 game. I think that kind of hurt him a little bit, but 
from fantasy finish, he's been trending upward and, and he's getting the work. I mean, 12, 10, 8, 10, if the target counts his last four games played. And with Keenan Allen back, I think it opens up a little bit more for him as this Keenan Allen's probably going to be one of the more focal points of defenses. So I'll take Palmer here. Yeah, I'm with you. You can't go away from him. He, he's been too good for fantasy. And, you know, the, the Kansas City running backs or wide receivers is just a different one every week still. Um, you know, maybe Tony misses because of the whole hamstring thing last week. And maybe that helps Juju. But, you know, Juju was still inconsistent at times when Tony wasn't there. So who knows? Uh, I'll take Palmer because I can almost guarantee he'll be fine for fantasy. All right. Um, next up here, we've got a half PPR noting needing upside. Kirk, Christian Kirk, that is, versus the Ravens or Chris Godwin in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, if you need pure upside and that's the only thing you're going for here, I think it's Christian Kirk. I think he's reached heights that Godwin hasn't this year. Um, if this is a floor question, it would be the opposite. Um, but, you know, if you need that moonshot, somebody getting you 20 points, uh, 20 plus points. I think it's Kirk. He's done it, what, twice this season? Yeah, 27 point in our half point scoring, 27 points, almost 23. Um, he had a 17 and a half in there as well. Um, so some solid upside. I'll look at Godwin here. Uh, week yeah, 10, he got, he got the 16. For the first time there. I yeah, mean, that was his I think that was kind of his big downfall. As, not downfall, but no drawback this season. Yeah, he hasn't been scoring. Yeah. And finally got in the end zone in Germany yeah. last week. So yeah. see if he can get so, in the end zone here or back on U.S. soil. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Like, he's capable of it, but we haven't seen it this year. So I'll go with Kirk if, if upside is what you're aiming for. Yeah, I think Kirk's the one that's going to be able to get you that, you know, 60-yard touchdown. Um, Godwin, you know, is capable of it, but I think he's still working back from the injury, and he's going to be more of that intermediate guy. Mike Evans is your down-the-field threat. He, you know, you could still see Godwin get in the end zone on an intermediate or a short route if they're near the end zone, but I think the idea is that he's more of the possession guy right now at least, and we are not seeing that necessarily out of um, – out of Mike Evans, or sorry, uh, Kirk Christian Kirk's going to be the deep threat there. Okay, last wide receiver PPR again: um, Cortland Sutton at Carolina, um, or Kadarius Tony versus the Rams. I guess we'll be again assuming Kadarius plays, left with a hamstring injury. I think in the second or third last week. Um, so yeah, who do you want? Um, yeah. I- Tony's got some upside. I just think Cortland Sutton's too integral to the team. So I think it's pretty easily Sutton for me there. Yeah, there's not a lot of reason to take the risk. Um, mm-hmm. Sutton had a few bad weeks in a row. Two points, four points, one point. Um, but other than that, he's been good. 10, 10, 10, 13, 13, 16. Like, he's been fine. Um, so I'll take that over rolling the dice with Tony, who could play and then, you know, Reaggravates the hamstring right off the bat, or is a distraction? Who knows? So yeah, Sutton pretty easily for me. All right, um, moving over to flex position here. Getting a first time we didn't I think a pure tight end one in a while. We've got Dalton Schultz versus the Giants and David Njoku versus the Bucks. I uh, I don't know how either of them have done. But I saw Njoku hurdle a guy last week. Um, and I'll go with Njoku. Um, 
he, he was solid prior to injury. I, I might as well just look him up while I'm uh, talking here, but he's been solid for most of the year. Um, obviously had the injury. Okay. So her, the hurdle might've been the only thing he did last week because he ended up with 2.7 points. Um, not really ideal, but, uh, Tampa Bay does give up a lot of points to the tight end position. Um, so he does got that going for him. Um, let's take a look at Mr. Schultz. Um, also had a bad week, only 3.7 points. Um, but prior weeks were pretty good in the double digits. Um, he's got the giants and they're kind of middle tier against the, the, uh, the tight end um looking all that up really did not help me uh, <laughs> I, I think i'll go with schultz because he feels safer to me and joker's probably got more upside to him but uh coming off the injury not doing a lot that's not ideal so i'll go with schultz yeah i'm there with you i think schultz looks like one of the better tight ends down the stretch here he's got doesn't really have a ton of horrible matchups Looks to be back in sync there with Dak Prescott. Um, and, you know, he's only three catches for five yards his most recent week, but targets, you know, got him, you know, five or more targets, and he's been at five, six, and six catches, you know, before last week. I think that was just an odd game, the way that they were blowing out Minnesota. They didn't really have to throw the ball too much. Um, so I think in games that maybe are a little more competitive, uh, they're going to utilize him more. And, and he's, they don't really have a kind of a true number two receiver, you know, from a production standpoint, it's really been lamb and then Schultz and the running back. So I think pretty easily Schultz here for me. Okay. Let's move into the world of dynasty here for some, uh, trades, uh, straight up 12 team, super flex, tight end premium Najee or a late 23 first. Oof, yeah i mean super flex here too so it's definitely helping out ton of premium you're pushing down some talent um without seeing the board i feel like i feel like i would just take Najee for the late first but I, with the quarterbacks involved i think this is very close and probably good value for Najee. i think it's a good buy low for him as an offense seems like it's only going to be ascending going forward Whereas the pick, you don't necessarily know what it is. You know, you are going to get a good prospect, but you have a lot more bustability there, whereas you kind of know what you have in Najee right now. And I think an offense is going to get better over the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. We've seen it from Najee. Um, we haven't seen it from whoever you're drafting with the late first. And I know, you know, it's valuable because that in premium super flex, the value of that pick goes up. But, you know, we've seen it from Najee. You're not going to get a, a premium tight end with that pick. I'll tell you that. Um, so I'll uh, stick with Najee there. All right. Next up, 10 team sticking on the super flex. Lamar Jackson or package of Dak Prescott and one Christian McCaffrey. Give me the give me the package. No questions asked. Like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and again, you know, I laid out the case. Lamar hasn't been great for seven weeks now. Even if Lamar was normal Lamar, I would probably take the McCaffrey side. Like that's just adding McCaffrey is such a big win. So easy. Dax yeah. Yeah. I think it's more like, you know, the shelf life of Dak and Lamar probably aren't that different. Yeah. Agreed. And um, you could argue maybe there's more upside with Lamar, but Dak, you know, has proven that he's been a really good quarterback as well. And if they can get another weapon there and, and get everyone healthy, this season and even going in the future, he could you know be right on par, if not better than Lamar going forward as well. 
And, you know, the, the, the premium there is, is Christian McCaffrey. I don't think I could pay that if I'm getting Lamar. So I will definitely take the CMC and Dak side. Next or last dynasty question, PPR, two early 23 seconds or Brian Robinson? I think I'll stick with Robinson. I think we've seen the flashes. He looks aggressive and violent when he runs, and, and they clearly want to go with him. Um, don't necessarily know, you know how the offense is going to go. They could use a quarterback probably, but I don't think they're going to have a high enough pick to get one this year. But clearly he looks like he can at least play in the league. And those early seconds are really shots in the dark, um, especially in a non-super flex too. So I'll take the known quantity of Brian Robinson. Yeah, I'm with you. We've seen enough of the flashes and then in preseason as well. Um, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine paying that price. All right. And then uh, moving over to a redraft question here. Rest of season, PPR. Maybe uh, swayed a little bit after last night's game. DeAndre Swift or George Kittle? Uh, I'm more swayed by the past uh, five weeks of DeAndre Swift. I don't want to like pass. You know, Kittle's had one bad week in the past five. Um, like the offense is clicking. You're going to have down weeks because there's just so many options there. Um, but that beats me needing to rely on a touchdown for DeAndre Swift every single week. So I will take Kittle. Yeah, it is it is insane to think that this is where we are with Swift trading him for a good tight end, but not you're not even looking at like trading him for one of the top tight ends, right? That's what I'd imagine you'd be looking at doing most of the time, but not the case here, which is crazy. Um but yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, George Kittle is an integral part of that offense. They're gonna use him. Had that one down week, but really bounced back last week with two big touchdowns. He looks explosive again. And Swift, I don't know if he's in the doghouse or what, but he clearly is behind Jamal Williams in the pecking order right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Last question here to close out the show. Half-point PPR, Dawson Knox and Garrett Wilson or Josh Palmer? Uh, I think I I I would go with the package side if you need, like, the tight end and you're, you know, kind of capitalizing on Palmer. But, man, he could be a league winner this year. So I think if you have the depth already, I would love to trade that for Palmer. If you need the tight end and you want to, you know, kind of well, maybe laterally trade down right now, but could be laterally as Garrett Wilson maybe gets more and more burned. But the quarterback situation is really uncertain going forward um, this year, at least with the Jets. So tough, actually. I think I pivot. I think I just go at the Palmer side, just take what I think is going to be a guy who's used in the offense. But it's it's a close one. Let me ask you a question. I'll put a I'll put a uh, scenario around here for you. You are the Kyle Pitts manager. Would you trade Josh Palmer to get Knox, and then Garrett Wilson to plug that hole? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Unless there's something you know, like a, I wouldn't mind just hanging on and getting you know plugging in like a Jawan Johnson or something, you know, and just kind of piece by ear. But I mean. I guess I haven't really seen too much. I don't have Knox anywhere. Has he been pretty usable? Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, Knox, guess the last couple of weeks, yeah, he's been yeah, pretty he, good. He's been okay, yeah. I mean, it's solid. I, I just I feel like the alternative, you know, is just streaming, which isn't great, but isn't that much worse than if you're getting like a Kittle type of player, you know, a guy that you know is going to be in the offense, whereas. They definitely spread the ball around a little bit more there in Buffalo. 
yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, if I was in a bad spot, like the waiver wire was bad, like our league, you know, I'm pretty sure the waiver wire for tight end, I'm going to have to look into it. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's probably pretty bad. Let's look at uh, projections. Uh, Gerald Everett, Gesicki, Ingram. That's not bad. Logan Thomas. Um, so with those scenarios, I think actually they are pretty bad, aren't they? Wow. I thought some of them were a little bit more consistent than what they've been doing. I think I'd rather have Knox in that situation. So yeah, if I'm in that situation, I need a tight end. I think I'll take Knox, especially if Palmer is going to be someone that disappears in two weeks when everyone's back and healthy or something. Yeah. If I'm fine at tight end, I'm, I'm rolling Palmer until they, everyone comes back. And even then I'll probably roll him out that first week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, that wraps us up here as we're transitioning to more dynasty questions, and most people are probably through their trade deadline. So yeah, it'll probably looking be last for more week. dynasty trade options here. Yeah, yeah, probably last week for redraft. Yeah, beautiful. Well, tune in next week. Another waiver show, another start show for week thirteen, closing in on the end. But until then, folks, trust your board. <laughs>